This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Good evening, listeners. What a joy to be with you again tonight. Um, as we're still looking at addictions, and this month we're looking at the topic of emotions and how to process our emotions. I think sometimes as Christians we think, no, you just speak to Jesus and you praise him and you forget about all the difficult stuff. But that's not a way it works when we look at lamentations, when we look at Job and um, several of the Psalms, we saw how David exclaimed many, many emotions. And even Jesus also explained emotions. He was tired. He got angry. And the Bible says, when you're angry, don't sin. So there are very specific things that the Bible tells us about processing of emotions. But today we have the wonderful privilege of talking to Alsha. She um, used to be a teacher and she's still a teacher for Mm. many years working with youth. And uh, she's going to tell us a little bit about her experience surrounding emotional processing as a person in relationships often with partners that struggled with addictions before or family members with addictions and um, how she had become involved in recovery. So, Alsha, welcome. Thank you very much. Yes, it's a privilege to be here. Yes, we're looking forward to talk to you. Give us a little bit of your background story. Yes, if I think about emotions, if I think back to my childhood as a very young child, I felt loved and I felt secure, even though I had a father who was an alcoholic and a mother who was bipolar and a retarded sister. But for me, that was normal. I thought that that's how it works. Fathers drink too much and mothers complain about their husbands. (laughs) So I felt um, uh, secure in that situation. I was also not allowed to show my emotions. I can remember that my father used to say, if I want to cry, he will give me something to cry about. Mm. So at a very young age, I actually learned um, to rather not show my my emotions. And I can remember um, at the age of about eight, um, my father and mother told me that they are going to separate and although I felt very sad, I, 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 I think I froze. And I just thought that, okay, I'm not allowed to cry. I'm not allowed to actually um, feel anything. Mm-hmm. And what I did to suppress these emotions, I didn't even realize it then, um, I just worked hard. I worked very hard in school. Um, I thought back at when we were at school, we used to get stars in our books and we even counted that star mm-hmm. and that <laughs> made me happy. Mm-hmm. So if I performed and um, things like that happened, then I felt good about myself and mm-hmm. I was happy. And I was always laughing. I was always joking. Um, so I think the next time that I can remember that I felt depressed was when I was about 10 years old. Mm. We um, moved from a small town to Pretoria. And in the small town, yes, I was a big fish in a small pond. And then suddenly I was the small fish. 
Mm. And um, uh, I felt rejected because I didn't have my friends with me. Even teachers told me that I won't get the same marks in um, the school that I was in. And I I felt inferior. Mm. And that was the first time that I realized that our family was different um, because my father uh, drank a lot. And um, he was in and out of rehab. And I think my mother just had a complete nervous breakdown by then. And it was then that she was um, diagnosed with bipolar depression. Mm. But um, the person who I am and who I've learned to become through the years, I just um, took control of everything. I was the mother of the house. I could cook and clean and look after my sisters when I was 10. Mm. And I thought that was wonderful. Mm. So that also made me feel um, good about myself. And, of course, I got a lot of compliments for that. Mm. I can still remember my father's sister came to stay with us to help look after us. And um, the one morning when she got up to, to get breakfast ready, the oats was already cooking on the stove. Mm. And, of course, I got a compliment and I felt good. Mm. And um, when I thought back um, on my childhood and my emotions, I was actually shocked that I can't really remember my emotions. Mm. Um, I think the reason for that was that I really... I suppressed my emotions. Mm, mm, mm. Um, At the age of 15, that was the next time I really um, can remember intense emotions. Um, As a codependent person by then, I didn't even know the word. I didn't even think something like that existed. Um, I fell head over heels for my friend's brother. And, oh, I thought that I really loved him. And, yes, um, he took advantage of the situation. And then he left me for the next person. And there I was really, really depressed. Heartbroken. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was absolutely devastated. Because, remember, now I was this girl trying to be perfect um, and t- trying to be in control, and suddenly now I was not that girl anymore. Mm. But I couldn't stay sad for long because my m- mother just said, get up, get dressed, and show up. Mm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there I went, back to school, and now I had to act that I'm this perfect girl, although I, in my mind, I wasn't that girl anymore. Mm. So, yes, I was always acting as this um, happy girl, always smiling. Nothing was too much for me. I worked hard. And, yes, when it was um, time to get the stars, I was there and Mm. I received my stars. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, When I met my first husband... Um, I think I actually decided before the time what kind of husband he must be. Mm. And he had to be perfect. Mm. So mm. when I met my husband, he was perfect. Mm. Not the Don Juan perfect, mm. but <laughs> in my eyes, 
He came from this perfect house. His mother and father were still married and everything was um, perfect. They worked in the garden and they did things together and they had nice drives. So um, I just realized that this was the right husband for me. Um, and then we got married, and for the first 10 years, we were reasonably um, happy, although I felt that I did not live up to the standards of his family. So I always felt inferior. I was very sensitive. Now that I'm older and that I've, um, uh, that I've done a bit of recovery, now I realize that I was too sensitive and that everything was not meant the way that I actually thought it was. Mm, you interpreted it that way. Mm. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right, yeah. So after 10 years, he, um, he started to lose interest in me, and he always had a lady friend. And he said that it was just friendship, and of course, I didn't even know about anything like boundaries, so I just went on with my life. I felt very insecure. I felt very, very frustrated. By that time, I already started to take antidepressants, and I went to a psychiatrist. And I, I can still remember um, a psychologist said to me, you are not depressed. You are frustrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's Also now that I can realize it. So um, my needs didn't, uh, nobody took care of my needs. Mm. I did not take care of my my own needs because I was pleasing everybody. Mm. I was um, uh, pleasing my my, um, in-laws. I was pleasing my husband, doing everything, making the garden pretty, making the house pretty, cooking, Mm -hmm. (laughs) sewing, everything to perform and to get that attention. Mm -hmm. And then, unfortunately, after after 27 years, we separated, we divorced because he had an affair. And, of course, I felt very, very, very rejected. Um, very unsure about myself, very inferior. Um, I just felt everything was wrong with me. Everything was my fault. I was not pretty enough, not thin enough, mm. <laughs> not fit enough. Mm. So, yes, everything was wrong with me. Mm. And I feel to put a plaster on that, Unfortunately, I married too too quickly before I was um, through the whole process of grief. And um, in my second marriage, um, in the beginning, we were very happy. And but throughout the marriage, I realized that there were many women before me, and that he was even engaged twice before um, he met me and before we married. Um, I also um, walked on him where he watched pornography. Um, he said that it just came on his tablet and that he didn't search for it. But I could see that he also lost interest in me. 
Elsa, mm. I thank you very much for sharing. You are sharing many, many, many important things. Mm. Uh, we're going to be taking a break now, and after that I'd like us to look a little bit at when the change came into your life, because I hear you're very aware of feelings and emotions when that change came. But let's just take a short break. Okay, thank you. Thank you for coming back and being with us again, listeners. And uh, thank you, Alsha, for, for being with us. Mm, being uh, so vulnerable and um, telling yes, your story. So telling oh. us exactly what is happening in your life. And I noticed um, you are very, very aware of your feelings and your emotions. But it was not like that all your life. Um, when did that shift come what what made you become more aware of your feelings and engage in the feelings um when did that shift and, and how did it come in positive like, ways yeah. uh, regulating those feelings yes um two years ago i left my second husband and mm. by that time my um, life was absolutely a mess and um out of control and then Suki introduced Koza to me, and that was the first time where I actually realized that I was in denial the whole time for mm. my whole life, and that I was busy um, suppressing my feelings for, by that time, 56 years. Mm. Um, and through recovery, I started to recognize these feelings. Okay, just just quickly before you tell us about that, just tell the listeners what do you mean by COSA because I yeah. think some people don't mm, know. Mm, mm. Um, COSA is an organization for codependent people who've been in a relationship with somebody um, who had a um, sexual addiction. Mm, mm, Thank you. Mm, mm. So... Um, I really then only started to really feel my emotions. Mm. And that was very, very difficult for me. And um, during that time, it was lockdown. Oh, so, mm. And I was on my own. Sure. And I was forced to really, really look into myself because I had nothing. I remember I had the stoop to sit on and the lovely trees in front of me and my thoughts. Mm. Mm. And there I really um, felt the emotions. And what I also learned as was that I have to, the words that um, Suki usually use is you have to sit with the emotion. Mm. So when I felt certain emotions, some of them were emotions that about things that happened a long time ago, many was, um, were emotions that I felt at the, that stage. I really sat with the emotions. I started to journal. That helped me mm -hmm. a lot mm -hmm. because that helped me to understand certain emotions and the effect of the emotions. And then afterwards, I also had to learn to, to let go of certain um, emotions. Mm -hmm. But that um, sounds very easy. Mm. Um, and that was also something that I learned. So many times I did let go of emotions. And then um, I had a trigger 
um, I would see something on television or I would hear something on the radio and it triggered me and some of the emotions came back. Mm-hmm. Um, but something very um, valuable that I also learned was that um, you do slip back into your codependency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. never go back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. You always, um, it, it, it takes you uh, um, a little less time to, to stand up again. Yeah. And then, yes, you might slip back again, but you will um, get on the road again. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to learn to get out of the victim mode. Because that was um, something I felt, well, <laughs> this is not my problem. I don't have a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I had this father and my, my husband had an affair. I don't know what the second husband did, but they made me unhappy. And yes, of course, I'm the victim. I had this retarded sister. I had to look after her. And then I realized that I can't stay in that victim mode mm. anymore. I have to get out of that. Um, I, I started to do um, self-care a lot. It's still very difficult for me, but I, I do um, work on that. Mm. And I also learned to love myself. That was mm. also something mm. difficult to do because mm. um, I think we learn that um, you can't love yourself, you must love other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was very important to mm-hmm. me. And then the, oh, also, yes. I just want to stop you there because, yeah, we, we really, uh, we, we grow up like that. You need to love others mm. and do things for others. But sometimes we forget that the Bible does say we need to love others like yourself and that's something that somehow also in my childhood did not really feature (laughs) my whole focus was on loving others but not loving myself so i want to hear what role did this play in your relationship with god did what how did it affect that sure that is a very very difficult one for me and yes if i have to tell the truth that was one of, it was and is still one of my biggest problems because mm. all of the people that actually hurt me in my life was big Christians. Mm. So from my father um, up to my husband, they were Christians. They went to church. They, um, uh, yeah, they did what what was expected from them in front of other people. Mm. So for me, it really messed up my mind to think that you can go to church and you can sit there, listen to the sermon, and then on the way back you can verbally abuse your wife and your and your mm. children. Mm. So for me to come back to that and realize that God loves me and that um, I have to love myself and I have to love other people like I love myself, that was very difficult and mm. is still very difficult, but um, it is something that I remind myself of and it is something that I'm really working mm. on. Mm. I'm reading books. I think I'm back to reading my Bible and not just self-help books. Mm. Mm. So um, I think I am really turning back on the road, but it's still a difficult, difficult process. Mm. Mm. 
and I'm so grateful you're so honest about it, Alsha, because I think so many partners of addicts are struggling with that because many of them prayed over and over and again for that person to stop doing that or to whatever. And and many of them and come into the 12-step groups very disillusioned in their relationship with God. But I also know that as you were doing the 12 steps, it made a difference for you. So what what happened in your relationship with God as you were doing the steps, the 12 steps? Well, when I realized that my own life was unmanageable and that I have to give it over to, and I really appreciate the fact that in the 12 steps we spoke of our higher power because that was just easier for me in the mm, beginning. Mm, mm. It's and a breach because, for people. It sounds wrong for people who already know the Lord, but it's such an important breach for people. This is mm. what you're telling us now. Sorry, please continue. Mm? No, that's fine because, yeah, in the beginning it was just so hard for me because um, this uh, elders in the church... Um, <laughs> they were the people who actually hurt me and mm. they were talking about Jesus and Jesus will do everything and I was praying to him and the things did not stop. And mm. um, so for me, just to, to, it was just impossible for me to keep on believing that, that he will actually help me. But when I um, just saw it from a different angle, um, it helped me. Um, to get back on the road. And, um, yeah, I think it just felt safer for me. Mm. Um, And now I know that it's much better. And, yes, I also realized that the other people, they did not always mean to do bad things, but it was who they are and how they um, grew up and things that happened with them. Mm. So it's not about things that (laughs) God... Did or mm. Jesus did? It was um, people who made mistakes mm. and um, mm. things that happened to them when they were children. Mm. 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 So the other thing that I also realized is um, that I have to be in the moment, mm. and that also really helped me too mm. because I can be either in the past um, thinking about the past or worrying about the future. Mm, and mm. now for me to be in the moment really, really helps me a lot. Mm. So, yeah, I know I still have a long way to go. It's mm. not, I'm not at the end of the road, for sure. <laughs> and, and there's still mm. a lot of work to be done. Mm. And mm. it really works. It's not something that just happens. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see that's when I slip back to my codependencies, when I'm not working. And I mean mm-hmm. not reading, mm-hmm. um, not uh, reading my Bible, not journaling, mm-hmm. um, not attending my COSA meetings. Mm-hmm. That is when I um, slip back, mm-hmm. when I forget to um, actually respond and where, when I do react things that happen. Mm. Elsa, I see right. that, yeah, thank you very much, Elsa. I see that um, your healing started when you got into community, into mm. a safe community mm. like Kosa, and uh, you were on a journey, and when you say you work, uh, it's not 
going to earn a salary. It's mm-hmm. working the program mm-hmm. of recovery yeah. and restoration. Mm-hmm. Do the steps and uh, attending the, the meetings. Steps. And, um, yeah. and as, as you were and as you are engaging in, mm-hmm. in, in the program mm-hmm. and uh, in the steps and uh, yeah. with other people, uh, you're able to get to the point um, uh, of step five where we say we admit to God, to ourselves and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. And mm. the scripture there is James 5.16, which says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for uh, other so mm. that you mm. may be healed. Mm. And, um, mm. and and it's in that that is where the healing really mm. starts and where the awareness of our emotions start and where they grow. But Elsha, you know, we've come to the end of our program and of our discussion. Thank you so much for being with us Mm. and sharing so very vulnerably about where you are and what you have learned and where you still need to change because we are all on a journey of of changing Mm. and uh, growing into Christ-likeness. Thank you so much for sharing with us. And listeners, if you uh, perhaps missed something or you have come halfway through the podcast or through the program, listen to the podcast and uh, send it along to friends. And uh, you will find that at kpulpit.co.za forward slash podcasts forward slash into me see and if you have any comments or themes that you would like us to look at please send that to frederick f-r-e-d-e-r-i-k suki s-o-e-k-i-e all one word at kpulpit.co.za till next time god bless This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.